Oh, that boy got two phones. I got two phones. Yeah. I fucking hate both of them. <laughs> and I hate both of them. Yeah, anybody, anybody who says they're excited to get two phones. Yeah. It's a lie. Drug dealers, maybe, right? Is that an exciting Yeah, one? I was excited that mm. one time. And then, then you actually have to use both of them. Yeah. And then you get arrested anyway, and you realize yeah. it was all for nothing. Was that, <laughs> was that like a, when you were dealing drugs, was that like a... A high moment when you got hit up by the text, like, yo, I'm getting more business, or like, fuck, I gotta go run these drugs? No, I was usually stoked, bro, most of the time. I mean, obviously, yeah. time and a place, there's yeah. probably a time when I didn't feel like it. But and and I think that's one, one people, some people underestimate about your drug dealing abilities. You were a businessman and a half, bro. Thank you. You were very efficient at that. I took it seriously. Well, this was like also before, like, this is before medical marijuana was like a thing. Yeah. Um, what year in was Florida, that? especially 2013, it was probably like only California at that California, time. California, Colorado, Washington. Yeah, that's wasn't very common at all though. Perfect. And um, that being said, like people weren't getting like packaged weed with like Correct. labels and like you know uh, what do they call them mylar bags now is what you get because it's like cool like runts and like shit like that. Yeah. Um, but. At that time, it wasn't a thing, you know, unless you were in California or Colorado. Yeah. You, could, you, could, you could still, like, if you had somebody who was out there, right. probably get something, like, vacuum-packed. Sending packs yeah. in the mail and shit. Yeah. But at that time... Is that legal? No, no. absolutely not. Right now, so if, no, I, if no. I go out to visit Colorado, I can't mail myself back no. in Florida weed. No, because no. it's federally illegal, and the mail service is a federal thing. Yeah. So um, is it like a slap on the wrist or like a you're going to jail thing? You're probably going to jail depending on how much you send. Really? If it's like some edibles and shit and like it just gets yeah. intercepted, then you're probably fine. Okay. But you send like some most people, Most people just like, honestly, I know so many people, so many of our patients, honestly, who go out of state and then bring it back. Yeah. Right? And I tell them, I can't suggest you do any of that. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. But I mean, it honestly, I don't think they give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, really. Right. I, I don't hear about a lot of people getting in trouble. Your package just might not reach the destination. Yeah, 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 yeah I feel yeah. like it just gets tossed at this point. Are we good? Yeah, we're good. Um, but what I was gonna say is, back when I was in Tallahassee, just tap your microphone real quick. Oh no, I'm off. I'm off. You were off. Yeah, I was off. Yeah. Good call, bro, yeah. my man. Thank you. Okay. Um, all right. So anyway, but when I was in Tallahassee. Uh, at that time, you know, like, and dispensaries weren't a thing all over the place, yeah. at least in Florida, and people weren't used to getting, like, medical marijuana everywhere. Um, I would print out on, like, Adobe Illustrator... That's what I'm saying, dude. ...a fake label of, like, you know, whatever the guy told me it was. It was usually, yeah. like, mango. Yeah, 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 For, like, years in West Palm Beach, we yeah. just had mango. And I would make, like, a little fucking label, print it out on, like, uh, you know, if you want to, like... If you have, like, a business where you do a lot of mailing yep. and letters, you get, like, letterheads, yep. you know? I would buy those, and I'd print little labels on the letterheads mm -hmm. for mail. Yep. And then I'd just, uh, I would take regular Ziploc bags, and if you double them up, you can run them through a vacuum sealer, because the Ziploc, yep. like, vacuum sealer yep. bags are expensive. So I just use regular sandwich bags, put the label inside, in between the two yep. layers of bags, vacuum seal it, and that was, like, the most official packaging you could find in Florida at the time. I'll never forget, your fucking ass showed up to an FSU party, and you had a backpack on, of course, the Jansport. I always had a Jansport yeah. on. And uh, whipped it around. He, this man had a two tackle boxes. <laughs> two tackle... It looked like John Cena in that movie with drugs. What you want? I got ketamine, meth, MDMA, Adderall, Bromo Dragonfly, heroin, coke, crack, codeine, oxys, perks. Vikes, PCP, LSD, Dilaudid, Mescaline, Mushrooms, Bath Salts, Cortisone, Toradol. I got Molly, I got her sister Sandra, I got Big Frank, I got Birth Control, I got Plan B. I got that morphine from China. They took off the market. Shit to make your dick hard, oh. shit to make your dick soft, shit'll find your dick. That shit there's from Kenya. It's supposed to be a scurvy cure and silverback gorillas, but for humans it just makes them violently masturbate. Did I say crack? Because I got more mm -hmm. of that you said too. Crack ready. I got some ibuprofen, aspirin, I got Flintstone gummies if you want. You seem good at your job. <laughs> but he literally flipped out two tackle boxes with like 10 rows of different weeds yeah. all labeled and like ready to go dude yeah. the funny thing is it was probably two different types of weed yeah. and I was like yeah that one's yeah. mango that one's blue sherbet yeah. Yeah. blue those were both yeah. the same thing was... everyone was stoked They're like oh, oh my God, yeah you got you got you know that one made, that one's way better than the other. Literally, they were both the same fucking pack I'm gonna tell this really funny story and then we're gonna go into the episode okay. um in college uh, 420, my freshman year of college, of course, that's like the peak of like, let's just get absolutely ripped out of our minds. Mm -hmm. Me, my sister, my other roommate, three buddies came over. We all smoked. We sat down on the couch and just started ripping blunts, right? Um, I think that day at the time, we had like three grams, which was like big at the time, right? <laughs> so we're just smoking, we're smoking, smoking. But like 3 or 4 p.m., 
that afternoon we're all stoned, but like we want some more weed. Yeah. So I had a guy in my neighborhood. They called him Little Skinny, but he was a 350 pound black dude who was about six four. I met in one of my college classes one day. He's like, "Yo, oh, bro, I saw weed, and I think I saw you in the neighborhood." Which was a little scary. Um, <laughs> but uh, if you ever want to pick up, let me know. So I got his number, and uh, I text him. I said, "Hey, little skinny, um, this is Nick from ENC 1101." Um, <laughs> You said you sell anything. I'm pretty high looking for more, LOL. Can I pick up? And he goes, Yeah, slide. So I walk in, right? Six black dudes smoking blunts, white t-shirts on the couch playing video games. And they all turn around like this. And I'm thinking... And you were wearing a shirt like you're wearing right now, right? Similar. And I had, <laughs> I had a lot of cash on me, too. I didn't know what type of prices this man had. Yeah. Big Skinny could have charged me $80 for a gram. I would have said, sweet. Nice How day. many tackle boxes did he pull out? <laughs> None. Okay, mm. so that's that's another point. Got to step your game up. Skinny. So they go, "Who are you looking for?" I said, "Little skinny." And uh, <laughs> <laughs> they point to the back bedroom. That the door was closed. So I'm like, "Okay, this is it. This is this is literally." I'm walking in. Little skinny's clubbing me over the head and taking all my money. <laughs> Open the door and little skinny's just on his bed playing video games. He goes, "Hey, what's up, Nick?" <laughs> Has such the coolest cordial time. He was smoking weed. He's like, "Here, you want to hit?" I'm like, "I don't know, but okay." Yeah. Um, Smoked with him, had the best fucking time, and then uh, got my weed, right? So he gives me my $20. I think it was in a rolled-up paper bag that the top was off, so it was, like, loose. And he goes, here you go. It could have literally been a gram, but I was like, sweet. Yeah. And then I was like, all right, man, have a nice day, and I walked out of the house. I'm fucking halfway between my apartment in this, in this drug dealer's house, mm-hmm. and I turn around, and Little Skinny's running after me. And I was like, oh, no. What the fuck did I do? This is it. He forgot to club me. <laughs> I didn't fucking pay him. I took the weed. I turned out of the house and I left because I was Nick so hit high. that lick, boy. And I lived in the same neighborhood. I'm walking home, right? Uh, uh, licking, please. I'm dead. Licking. licking. <laughs> um, I licked the good stuff. So I turn around. Little Skinny's chasing after me. He's like, oh, bro, you ain't paying me. You ain't paying me. And I literally, I got so scared. I just opened my wallet. I'm like, hey, well, how much do you want? Take it all. Uh, and Is there a fee for this? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it an overdraft? And Lil Skinny was super cool about it. Uh, I never he, got an invoice. But um, the last time I ever ordered from Little Skinny, that was a bad experience. But it was oh the funniest. God. I walked into my apartment. Everyone's still, I'm like, yo, y'all don't know what just happened. <laughs> I just robbed yeah, Little Skinny. Yeah, yeah. It's not fair to Little Skinny. You're giving him bad, bad reviews. Yeah, right. right. It was yeah, on yeah, you. It's, it wasn't oh. Little Skinny's fault. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah, I know. Okay. Yeah. Just as, to clarify. Uh, I love this conversation. And we're going to put this Shout out Little Skinny. Yeah, Little Skinny. Three, two, one. Hey guys, welcome back to the Millennial Mentality Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Agnelli, here with my co-host Peter Price. And our guest today, Marshall Morgan. Yeah, Super stoked. So excited. Man. Marshall, uh, we're gonna talk about him a lot, but for those guys who don't mar- know Marshall directly, he was the kid in high school. If you wanna throw a badass party, <laughs> you're hitting up Marshall. For yeah. some reason, not for some reason, it's because of your personality. But Marshall just made a little party, Project X, in like three hours. Yeah, um, facts. And so you were two years older than me, but I always remember that that you were just that guy. It was fucking sick. Um, yeah, so th- for those of you who haven't realized it, we go way back with Marshall. Yeah, yeah. It's been, I mean, decade now almost. Yeah, yeah right? A decade now. Pretty yeah, much. Seriously. Holy shit, it really has. Yeah. Yeah. Is a high school 10-year anniversary a thing? Still, uh, they had they did one, and I had no clue. It was at DOS, um, and so if you're not on like fa- all this shit happens through like Facebook messaging now and shit. Yeah, that's um, why I'm out of so if you're not like like there's a Dwyer 2013 Facebook group, you're probably not in it. Hell no. Okay, so that's my point. Um, so <laughs> unless unless you're super connected with people who are actually connected to like you'll never know, but I'll text you like yo the reunions this weekend and you'll fucking come. You know what I'm saying? Maybe. Okay. Um, so they had theirs, but yeah, it's been a decade. And ain't that fucking crazy that it's terrifying. That that but <laughs> that when you meet someone so young and they have like a cool such an awesome vibe with you, like even ten years later, you get excited to see them. You know, like uh, you were coming over and I was just so pumped to see you. And it's crazy because we haven't hung out literally in ten years, but like no. even from back then, and that's why energy and like being nice to people is such a big thing because mm-hmm. you literally never know when it's gonna come back to you, no. you know. And, and like to like you know, we live super close. Yeah, you didn't even realize that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. You didn't realize you lived three streets apart. I had no idea. Well, I told Pete. I said I, I see him in my neighborhood Facebook page. So if he's not living in the Palm Beach Country States, it's a little weird. Like, it's like me joining that like the Evergreen group, Facebook. Hey, what? That group is the craziest thing. I've what are they ever talking about? If you want to get some solid laughs, join the Palm Beach Country Estates Facebook group, bro. It'll be like 
a guy's robbing my front door. It'll be like the local bug man. Yeah. And, 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 <laughs> like, ma'am, he's there to drop off yeah, a package. Yeah. It's called Amazon. Oh, yeah. my God. And she's like, just call PBSL. They'll be out here soon. <laughs> oh, and I'm shit. like, dude, what? I already called the yeah. cops. I have my gun with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's loaded, pointed at the door. Um, I'm ready. Jesus. It is low-key crazy, though, because a lot of shit gets stolen out of this neighborhood. It does. Um, like package-wise? Okay. Or what okay, do you mean? On, like on. boats, so, fucking cars. No, you, remember, you remember the guy getting arrested the other day? Yeah. So the, the backstory is... Like two weeks ago, two dudes came up from Miami yep. and were arrested trying to steal trailers and jet skis and yep. stuff. And they caught them uh, on the on on the, in the middle yeah. of, the, of the exit, basically. Yeah. yeah, but in the in the back of somebody's truck and with a gun. And the guy yep. who caught him like took the gun. But anyways, yep. that day, I had been hit up to sell a trailer from my place. Right, and they asked me for the address, and I always send oh. them the address to the park, which is right by where they got arrested. Smart. And the second I gave them the address, they said, "Okay, never mind, we're and not interested." Disappeared. I looked on Facebook; it was the guy. Holy no shit! No way! Yes! Wow! That is insane. So if it wasn't for the fact that like I send them to the park, that's up smart. There, that's smart. Your trailer might have got house. licked. Hundred oh, percent. Like wow. it's way in the back of my property. Is it a dump trailer? What is it? No, it's just, just a flat deck equipment. Yeah. It's a flat deck equipment yeah. trailer. And wow. so what they must have done is like they got to the address, realized, oh, yeah, this got, is there's no trailer these, here, and then just gone around the neighborhood because they already drove up from Miami. Yeah. Wow. And then got caught by someone. Wow. So they there. came up probably for your trailer. No, that's, what that's what he's saying. They, it was insane. the guy. I looked on Facebook, and it was But it wasn't guy. like a mass heist. Like, they didn't hit up probably like 10, 15 people. They hit up you, yeah. and when it didn't work out for them, they were like, fuck, we yep. just got to go find somebody else. You yeah. know what also is sketchy? We and Paige went uh, walk around like our little block here, and in the matter of a 20-minute, one-mile little walk around the block, this car circled three times. And it was someone who you could – you don't circle a block three times if you're not looking for shit. So what they do is they come out in the middle of the day, these burglars, and they just drive around. And they're like, wow, that's a jet ski with no lock on it. That's 10 feet away from the road. And they'll literally – so they scope everything out. They come back later that night, like one or two in the morning, and they literally, it takes 30 seconds to throw the jet ski on, boom, gone. They really don't do it at night anymore, though. It's daytime. Really? I mean, that, yeah. when are most people People not? are at work. Yeah, that's true. Like, right. People are home and, at night. It's a good point. Like, we're a little bit f- further spread out. If I saw somebody in my next door neighbor's house. Yeah. In the middle of the night. P- yeah, yeah, middle of the night, something's weird. Right. Middle of the day, trying to unlock a jet ski. Oh. Yeah. yeah that's a good point. That's, like, yeah. honestly, you know what the people circling are? Because I've stopped some when they've gone around my house 10 times. They're lost? No, they're looking for houses to buy. Oh, yeah, that's oh, true, that's too. They're checking yeah. out houses on Zillow. I will say, like, 9 out of 10 guests that come here, though, get lost on the way here. Yeah, they, yeah it happens all the time. When I was in, when we were in high school, we yeah. got lost at here. Back I, here. I yeah. had no idea. This was before you had a, yeah. this before you had a phone, a yeah, GPS yeah. on your right. phone. And we were lost for about 30 minutes after we dropped one of our friends off. Because every time we'd, like, take the way out, we'd, yeah. we'd hit a canal. Yeah, yeah, And so we just, like, pull up to this house and knocked on the door. Nobody's home. We go to the next one, knock on the door. Nobody's home. Yeah. And the third one, this guy in a truck, hauls ass up to us, right? And it was me and two black kids from the yeah, football yeah. team in my piece-of-shit $1,000 car and rolls up to us. The red like, Chrysler? No, no, no. no oh, okay. No. It was a... 1982 Mercedes 300D. Okay. Sick. That I yeah. bought at auction for $1,000 with wow. no AC. Fuck yeah. yeah. And yeah, no, he pulled up, like, was about to whip out a gun. I was yeah. like, yo, yo, we're just lost. Like, yeah. I don't know how to get out of here. Yeah. He's like, get the fuck off my property right now. I know you're trying to rob me. I was like, we're lost, man. Yeah. But yeah, sure, Sorry. no problem. I'm out. Jesus Christ. Yeah. You got to be careful out here, bro. You're but to be fair, I think I'm that sure shit happens. Yeah. I think that shit kind of happens everywhere because I live in almost the exact opposite of this, yeah. which is an apartment complex right off 95. Yeah. Which I mean, this is right off 95, but it's yeah. not out west. You know, yeah. I'm in the middle of downtown West Palm, yeah. pretty much. And my motorcycle got stolen right yeah. in front of my building. You know, yeah. with a cover on it and everything. Well, I and think it, someone's always watching anywhere you go. Someone's well, that's the always thing. Watching. You know, like yeah. to the point you guys were making where people come scope it out. You know, and then they'll come back yeah. later. This was like the one night I didn't lock my bike up. Yeah. It always has a cover on it. 
we end up looking at security footage after the fact, and the guy came in the neighborhood and was out of the neighborhood with my bike in less than three minutes. So okay. he knew exactly where he was going, what bike he was getting, yeah. and how to start it instantly. It's usually one of your neighbors, too. I mean, Most yeah. likely was, because, yeah. like I said, I locked it up every night, yeah. and this was the one night I didn't lock it. So someone was, like, Wait. walking their dog Wait. every night, checking it out, and then yeah. realized, oh, tonight's the night. But my point is that shit can happen probably everywhere. To kind of that point, um, what I just thought about is like walking up on someone's house. What percentage of households in the U.S. do you think own guns? And I think a lot more people own guns than you think. You'll just never know. Yeah, realistically? There's there's seven seven firearms per person in the U.S. Is that the stat? Yeah, it's... (laughs) Jesus, I didn't know that. There's seven firearms per person in the United States. (laughs) It doesn't doesn't even surprise me. It doesn't surprise me a little bit. Yeah, because a lot of gun owners own like 12 guns. Yeah. Matt Um, Halpin, a previous guest, told me one time he's got like 40. Yeah, well, that's also including hunting guns too, which is a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Right, guns in general. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, like, I I know that I started off with just one, and, you know, now I'm, you know, finally above average. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Do you have a favorite? Favorite gun? Yeah. My little my little purse gun. Yeah. My little LCP. My like, little purse I gun. I call it my purse gun, man. <laughs> That's it's, so it's funny. It's got six shots. It's just the get, get the fuck yeah. up off me. I'm not yeah. trying to be in a... Like, <laughs> I'm not enough to be in a shootout. <laughs> For that day when someone tries to steal your trailer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, look, Do you I think if it. someone rubs, rubs, runs up on you... I feel like I'm automatically going sideways, which is not good. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I yeah, it, it's easy to be like, no, you, but you don't know, bro. <laughs> yeah. I Mine's, mean, it's, I kid you not, it's this big. Yeah. yeah. Right, and it ha- I even put a laser on it, so I don't have to think at all. Right, I'm point too, and shoot. I'm too dumb for that. But like, still, we all when, say that, right? Like some cod shit, ba ba ba. But one of the laser makes it easier because then you don't have to like you're. But you think in that moment you're thinking, boom, okay, laser. It's it's meant for like if someone's right there, yeah, like yeah, yeah. right in front yeah, of me. Yeah. Anything and else? To your here, point, you're not thinking shit. about a lot. Wouldn't you rather be thinking, where's the red dot, and I'll shoot that? Okay. Or would you rather think, let me line up the sights and yeah, get yeah, my yeah, grip yeah, proper? Because you know, like, yeah, yeah. he's making I'm, it less thinking. Okay, that's true. I'm not a badass. I don't train for this shit. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm not cool like yeah. that. So, I think you're pretty cool, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I'm not, you know, a Navy SEAL or some yeah, shit. Sure. You know, I'm gonna hit the 40 yard shot when I think he's coming. Like, no. Yeah, If I'm physically being attacked. Or someone let me make it easy like, on myself. And I can't, and they don't just want my yeah. money or something. Like here, yeah, Yo, you want yeah. the watch here, dude. Right, right. It's fucking insured. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, I, so true. it's not worth it. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. Like, oh, if somebody tries to do my wallet, I'm gonna shoot him. Like, do you know how much that court cost yeah. is? Yeah. Like, you're talking fifty grand. Mm-hmm. There, no problem. Even if you're in the right. Yeah. Right. Like, it happens a lot. Forget that. Like, here, take the hundred dollars in my wallet. Yeah. You know, so you know. true. Yeah. Dude, that'd be fucking crazy getting run up on a gun. I think I would just start crying or kick him in the nuts. Yeah, probably. Or, you know, literally just scream, ah, you know, I, I don't know. Hopefully we never have to find out. Yeah, me too. <laughs> that'd be cool. Um, so, Marshall, we knew each other in high school. We were both on the football team. Um, what what did football and, like, playing sports and all that mean to you? I mean, look, I was average at best, yeah. you know, like the kids in our school were so good yeah. that I think we all just kind of got a little bit better because of who we were practicing with. We were at like, a unique school, right? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, the level of talent. It was in our insane. School, yeah. Do you guys remember the numbers of like how many kids went D1 and pro f- that we played with? His year, I think 20 guys from his graduating class went to a D1 school. Yeah. That's insane. His year. And oh, for the, just those the- of you who don't know where we're from and all of us, it's Dwyer High School in West Palm Beach. We were or Palm Beach Gardens, I guess, breeding like fucking athletes, yeah. right? I mean, like I, I even got a football scholarship, like, and I wasn't by no, no shape yeah. or form like anything special. And then like when I got to the school, I was like, oh, like you guys are not nearly as good as my yeah. high school, bro. Bro, the beginning of the first practice of every year, I think for the last three years I was there, he brought out an ex NFL football coach every year to to come and just to a high school football team and just say, hey guys, like good luck yeah. this season. Um, and not because we had a ton of money or like, no, it wasn't but, like an extraordinary. But, no, but when you think of Palm Beach County and the wealth in Palm Beach County and all the famous people who live here, Dwyer was the number one school in Palm Beach County. Right. So if a coach is going to go to a football team to say hi to f- high schoolers, we didn't start like that though. Because like I remember when, like my first year there, like it was. What like, were our glory years? Like eleven and twelve? Oh no, oh nine uh, in. Um, yeah. Oh. But but. Oh, uh, in 2010, we went to the quarterfinals. In 2011, we went when to the. We, it was like, right, once we got 
once we won states yeah. and then the year after that. What was the year we won states? Nine? Nine. In, and in, then 10 was a great year also. Yeah, yeah. nine and 13. So we won them five years apart, back to back. Oh, we won 13 too? Yeah. God damn. Um, so, that. Like, honestly, that was our graduating year. No, the year after. I'm sorry, the year after. So oh, that's yeah, why I didn't yeah, realize yeah. it. My big takeaway, you know, like I... I I loved playing football. Yeah. It was great to play in college too. I didn't. You played yeah. in college? Yeah, I, pl- I played a year in college and then realized like I'm definitely not going. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely not going anywhere after yeah. this. You know, Where'd you go? Uh, New York Maritime Academy, um, up in the Bronx. What was that um, experience like? Ton of fun. Yeah. Was it? I'm, I'm so happy I went up there. Um, but I think the big thing I took away from it was honestly, you know, shout out to Coach Daniels, yeah. Jack Daniels. Yeah, man. Um, Legend. He was such a moving person. He really was, and he compete just compete with yourself. Yeah, like I actually have that in my whole company. Today. Yeah, like we, you know, like that's one of the things I literally consistently am talking to people about uh, who work for me now. Like, I don't care that you know you're doing better sales wise than everyone else here. Have you, are you doing better than yourself today? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and that that kind of went into like I think that's the biggest thing I took away from it, and. Like, but you can push yourself well past what, what you think you can do. And like, you know, back in high school, like I slacked off for a bunch of it. Yeah. So like, you know, I'm, I'm happy that while I didn't take to it as much as I probably should have back mm-hmm. then, the things I learned then at least transferred later. In yeah. Life. Mm. It's so true. Yeah, and like, good. we were on the offensive line together and there's a coach, uh, offensive line coach called Coach Quisenberry, Steve Quisenberry. Man. And, um... When you think about that, and like when I think about him, like he was a father figure for four years to me. Yep. Um, he was and like, also like a genius, a dude. He was no, he was literally an astrophysicist. Yeah, yeah. Like he they, and he was just a six-five guy who played college football. They yeah. used to fly him out. Uh, I remember, like he remember he was he was gone yeah. for a bit. That was because they flew him out to, to Dubai to Dubai yeah. to work on a crazy bridge. Yeah, yeah. Like they're like, yeah, we need this guy, yeah. this football coach. To oh, so he was like literally a genius. He no, like no, he had a full full time job because I interned for my senior year at Dwyer. Oh, really? I interned with his company, PSM. Um, they manufacture parts, I believe, and whatnot. But I entered, got an internship there just because of him. But I was like one of those things where it's like, oh, my football coach, he's probably like working behind a cubicle or something. They're like, yeah, Steve Quisenberry's office is up there. It's next to like the guy who runs the entire company. <laughs> But, like, this guy is such a good person that, like, on top of making his well over six-figure salary and probably being busy as fuck, every day he was at the practice field from 3.30 to from at three thirty to 6.30. Yeah. Imagine putting that many hours in every single day to something that you're not getting paid for. You're, you're literally just doing it for the yeah, kids. Like and he for, didn't, did, he didn't, did he have a kid that went there? No, he didn't have a kid, period. He just got yeah, married. Holy shit. I, I yeah, no like, kids. Like, now that I'm older... Like trying and you to think about that, yeah. Leaving my job, right, right, to at, go do just another at, job for leaving fun. my job at probably two thirty to yeah. get there by three thirty, yeah. and then be out there in the hot sun, sun for three hours to get attitude from a bunch yeah. of thirty, you know, fourteen to eighteen year olds. Yeah. Yeah. No way. Yeah. No, like I would last about one hour, and that's why, like, sometimes coaches co- coaches did did freak out on people, and I'm <laughs> yeah. like, that was well deserved. Yeah, yeah. No, dude. I mean, that's a great fucking point, bro. It's crazy to think about, bro. And there was like ten of those guys, just like Coach. Quinn. That's all just volunteer work. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Not even for like the people who didn't play out sports out there, teachers, you know, dance yeah. teachers, whatever it is. I mean, we, and that's why, like, truly, you know. It's like our entire lives were affected by people. And I think that's a reason a lot of people get lost in adulthood is like you don't have someone guiding or leading you. And that's why it's really easy to fall off. It's really easy to blow up. It's really easy to lose your way because for, you know, 90% of our lives, we woke up every woke up every day and we either had a teacher, a parent, a, a guardian telling us which way to go. Mm. And do, you, do you think that now with so many people trying to be someone to be followed literally yeah, yeah. No, you know no pun intended follow yeah, yeah. you know like and follow yeah. right uh, which like and follow this yeah. <laughs> well yeah, that, that yeah, was really good yeah, good yeah, yeah thank you obviously um <laughs> i think it, i think do you feel like it's e- even easier to lose lose your direction because there's so yeah. many people who you can get caught up yeah. in following them and then it turns out like they're just another fake bullshit guru right. in this thing that they say they're going to teach you, but they're no smarter at like, I know there's there. I, I know for a fact, cause we've done marketing campaigns for them and only once realizing that they were bullshit. Yeah. Right. Where literally their business model is to be a guru 
right, of something that you don't know much, very much about, yeah. and make money. You the way you're going to make your million is by being a guru teaching people how to make yeah. millions. Yeah, yeah, right, like, right. How can it becomes you, like a multi level marketing it, thing it, instead of about the actual and thing. So, and it like with social media and everything, it's so easy to convince people of what the perception is of you, mm-hmm. like you know that you don't really they're like the best top people that you should be following and listening to yeah you don't really you know how do you know who those people are yeah. like how do you identify the people that you you know that you look up to now and that you listen to via social media i think your questions are going um well, just in general well, i think yeah. the problem that you're saying is that people pay more attention to like the clout rather than the actual like content of, of what, what they're what putting they're, out what they're you know absolutely. i'd rather like I'm not going to say I would rather, but most people are going to take the verification of the person that has a million followers on Instagram and go, that guy knows his shit. Because yeah. yeah. look at how many people follow him and listen to him. Yeah. Without even digesting the information or yeah. like taking in what they're putting out there, where there might be an expert, you know, yeah. a, a scientist, a doctor, a person that is certified in that field yeah. with far less of a following or influence, but better knowledge, you know? Right. But the way that we decipher like this society right now mm-hmm. is based on clout and following. And, and it's hard, too, because, you know, it makes you... I think what's good for us is with a podcast like this, first off, it's long-form content, but you really... It's easy to do because we're just ourselves on here, you know? And that, and I think so if people fuck with the podcast, they're going to fuck with us in general. Yeah. Because it's the same thing. Because it's the same thing. You're getting the same exact product. Um, yeah. And, uh, and so for our, our following which is just smaller but super engaged, it's fucking great because people will come up to me at the bar who've never met me before but feel like they could talk to me because yeah. they've seen me talk. And um, I think that's really cool and moving because it realizes that you're affecting people with this, a laugh, a smile, a holy shit, he really said that thing, which takes them away from their day for a little bit and gives them a little peace, you know? So, Well, I also think like that's what an influencer... Should, should be, be yeah. you know. Unfortunately, like it's not necessarily the case. Yeah. Um, trying, to affect, trying to affect positive change. Correct. Right. Influence yeah. people in a positive way. Yeah. Unfortunately, positive the reality is like thing. the person yeah. with the biggest following, yeah. whether that's positive or negative. And, and yeah, go ahead. So that's where I kind of made my rule, and a lot of like a lot of people disagree with me. Like that's why when I try and intake information and content in general, mm-hmm. I really want to know what the person's incentive is. And making this, especially yeah, anytime, absolutely, like, especially anyone that you're intaking that is giving you financial advice mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. how to do better in your life. Mm-hmm. If what they're doing is their mainstream of income, yeah. like if they're teaching you how to make money, right? Why in the world aren't right. they doing what they're teaching you? Right, right, right? and that's why, like, why any, are they wasting their time doing this course yeah, and trying to sell it to you for a thousand dollars? Anyone who who you know understands you know, resources, understands that time is the only one that's yeah. that's important in all yes. right? Everything else you can get more of or less of. Yeah. So if they're spending their time trying to teach you something, then what they're trying to teach you is not that, you know, is Correct. not, is not that important. Not the thing. And that's why, like, I try and learn from people who are not trying to give out their yeah. information. Yeah. You know, like, that's why, like, I listen to, you know, like, I'm trying to listen to people who aren't trying to sell a course or a book yeah. or have done it and then they've done it for so long that they're just literally trying to give out the information for free. Yeah. Right. You That's know, a great fucking point. If it looks like shit and it smells like shit, it's probably shit, yeah. you know? Or if it's packaged beautifully and it seems too good to be true, it probably, probably is. is, yeah. yeah. No, the get-rich-quick, you know, I, I don't want to use a specific example and uh, offend anybody, but, like... The the thing that immediately comes to my mind was like the drop shipping platform. I yeah. remember looking into that and being super intrigued yeah. by it also yeah. when that first started popping off. And the number one thing that I was questioning in my mind was why are all these guys on YouTube giving out these drop shipping yeah. courses yeah. of how to become a master drop well, shipper? That, that's why um, uh, Shopify got in so much trouble. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because once they actually went out and made an income disclosure, right, and showing. How, what percentage of people actually make money yeah. as compared to just spending money and giving it to Shopify. Yeah. It was very clear that less than, I think, 0.1% of 
made more than a hundred dollars. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. Like w- once you realize that they're like, Oh, I'm paying for the subscription and then the upgrade and then the right. SEO plan. Yeah. And now I'm into 200 bucks a month. And I'm being that done. also gets you no sales. Yeah. Yeah. All, all no, that's money yeah. you've spent at that nothing. point gets you nothing, nothing. And like, I've only used Shopify as a platform once I already had the sales and I needed something to build a website on. But like right. the first site I built was when I was 16 was on Wix. Mm. Yeah, I remember yeah. Wix. Yeah, man. Still use it today. Like I still we, use we, it. Yeah, we'll run websites all the time on there because yeah. it's, it's you know super adjustable. But yeah, when they, they did an income disclosure, I think it was like 0.1% of yeah. people made posi- you know, were right. positive more than $100. Yeah. But in like 2019 or 2020... You couldn't get away from those ads. It was all over yeah. the place. Yeah. And I, I fed into it for, for a bit, you know? Like there's a lot of people... Well, even when COVID hit, everyone was buying shit online and stuff. I mean, that was a big boom, too. Well, that's the other thing, too, is I feel like the way our society is going and, like, everyone buying stuff on Mm -hmm. Amazon and buying things online, and it supports the theory that e-commerce is the future, you know? But it doesn't mean that dropshipping course that that guy is selling is the the Bible, you know? So when... You got done with school in New York, uh, and you... I I didn't actually get to finish school in New York. I ended up coming back down here... Yeah, what was the next step after your freshman year up there? So I ended up having to come back down here. Um, ended up, you know, I was con- I'd started a couple businesses on, mm-hmm. on the side since I was 16, just had those going. And, you know, actually, it wasn't directly drop shipping, uh, but it was importing stuff from China, uh, putting my own brand on it, and then yeah. reselling. I started and not brand. to say there's anything wrong with drop no, shipping. No, yeah. there's not. Not at all. The information is free. But the information's free. It's you free, don't need a thousand dollar course yeah. to learn how to drop shit. No, right. it's Google it. It's there. I right. promise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I came back. Um, you know, was just had the income from mm. the current business I had. Uh, finished at Palm Beach State actually because yeah. that was the easiest way to get done. And and at the same time, I had gotten myself a job in physical bullion, so gold, silver, platinum, palladium. Physical bullion. Yeah, bullion. Oh, I thought it meant like he was physically assaulting people. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, dude. How much does that pay? (laughs) Okay, so one more time. Philium, bullion. Physical bullion. So like gold, silver, platinum, palladium. Okay. And like this company did not want to give me a job. um, And I literally, I think I called them 47 times over a three-month time frame because they wanted people who had done it before. And so they literally, my interview was... Like every time I call, they're like, "Oh, he, you know, uh, he's out right now." Mm-hmm. You know, call back, um, and I just wouldn't. They didn't tell me to stop yeah. calling, so I keep calling, and yeah. then eventually they're like, "All right, your interview is tomorrow. Be here." My interview literally was to be brought into the back of the office, handed a script, um, and a like on a music stand mm-hmm. with a phone and like twenty pages of just phone numbers and names. And they said, "You got about ten minutes to read this, you know, to get this script into your head." And then call these people and see if somebody's interested. And that was it. And like literally I just spent the next 10 minutes like, all right, here's how it should sound. And just dialed. And I got a couple people who would at least talk to me. Yeah. Um, came to find out later like the closing rate was like one in 10,000 calls. Holy wow. shit. Yeah. And it was an all commission. Yeah. It was yeah. 100% commission, no base pay. I didn't make a dollar for the first, I think, six months. How old were you at this point? I would have been... 20 or 21 okay and like you know just was living off the other stuff i would do at night yeah, yeah. so i'd go i'd get to the the brokerage at 8 a.m um everyone would be there by 8 30 i'd work from 8 30 to 5 30 there then i'd go to school uh, class was 6 30 and 9 30 i do the homework till 11 go back home sleep repeat Holy um, shit, man. And that worked the weekends and stuff too. But, and that's honestly, it was one of the best experiences of my life because I realized like, oh, 40 hours a week is bullshit. Yeah. Like if, if you think you're going to make like something big on 40 hours a week, <laughs> yeah. you're lying. Yeah. It's not realistic. Yeah. It, it's, it's just too, it, there's 168 hours in a week. Yeah. Right. If you think that you're working for 40 of them and even if you sleep eight hours a night, which yeah. you don't need to. Yeah. yeah. Um, you're still leaving 72 hours on the table. You still have almost two full work weeks yeah. of stuff that you could can and should be doing. Yeah. So yeah, I took that um, after about a year and a half, two years there. I was you know bringing in about a quarter million dollars a year. Wow. Um, I was like 23. From fucking cold calls. Yeah. So like you know like you 
uh, we were, you know, you'd, you'd find clients. Yeah. Um, and then you'd help them build out a portfolio yeah. in it. What are they plating? No, so not plating anything. So literally, they, these are guys, these are people who have, you know, multi-million dollar accounts um, in brokerages elsewhere um, or, or just invested yeah. in oil wells, real estate, all kinds of stuff. And we were pitching them, them on the idea of, hey, you have all of this stuff. You should have physical gold. Yeah. Like oh, you you're just own, buying bars? Yeah. <laughs> like you should own gold. You should own gold. Yeah. You should own silver. Wow. Um, and that was, you know, what we pitched to them. And I mean, because like the truth is like when like you can look at it right now with all this inflation, like gold, gold is, is yeah. a good hedge. You know, it's still to this day. It yeah. always is. Yeah. Uh, gold. Gold was what crypto is pitched as now. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, crypto is now being pitched as you know, this hedge against inflation and all that. Yeah. You know, that's why they called it God's money. Like yeah. It's been around since forever. You know, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like that's what that was ba- the basis of our pitch to them. And that, hey, like if you don't have a small holding of this at home, you should get one. Mm-hmm. Um, you ab- still stand by that today? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there, there's there's no reason not to, you know, like, look, if you don't have money to live by and you can't eat. Sure. No, you should not be, you know, like, because I'd have guys who like wanted to open accounts with like yeah. five and $10,000. Like, look, like this is not yeah. what you should be doing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, pay off your credit card, you know, mm-hmm. pay off high interest debt first. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like if you're worth, you know, seven, eight figures, absolutely. You should have at least, you know, 50 to a hundred thousand dollars in, in, in gold. Well, how many bars you got in your house? Enough. Hey! <laughs> and they're, they're, they're you open up and save it's just bricks. And <laughs> <laughs> um, the next year I made 2 million. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, look, it's, you know, and I'm up on all of it. I mean, yeah, shoot, yeah. when I started buying my first silver, it was thirteen dollars. Yeah, it's hit twenty now. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not slowing. You know, it it ebbs and mm-hmm. flows like everything mm-hmm. else. And to those AMC guys out there, that may not sound substantial, no, but sound that's like substantial. Yeah, but you know, if when it's not a volatile risk AMC, that you're taking, that's so funny. You know, you it's it's not the main investment yeah. in no way, shape, or form, but. You know, if you have one percent of your investments into it, if you need it, you're happy you have. Yeah, it. right. That's that was. I mean, that's yeah. that's the abbreviated yeah. pitch. It's it's basically like a savings account that gets exactly. better interest than your bank yeah. savings. It's like account. an S and P five hundred. It's like investing in the S and P five hundred is uh, it's a stock investment to invest into the top uh, Fortune five hundred or top five hundred companies in the world. So if I put a hundred dollars into the S and P five hundred. If the entire market goes up that year, I make money basically. Yeah. At the market, the only way you lose money if this market basically fucking crashes. Yeah, and that, and that's but actually, the difference between that and what we're talking about is like, does gold ever crash? So it's it's actually usually the opposite, right? So that's what it is. It's a hedge against the stock market. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. So if the stock market's doing really well, gold is not performing that well. Mm. When the stock market shits the bed. Right, gold's gold up. Skyrides. That's why gold is doing really well right now. It just yeah. eclipsed over two thousand the other day. Pulled back. That scares bit. me. What yeah. would make yeah. gold drop? What makes gold drop? The dollar, the dollar being value, strong, the high right? dollar being stronger. Right, which yeah, is yeah. not right now. Yeah, exactly. Makes gold go up yeah. because the dollar's worth less, so it's worth more in dollars. Right. So you liked when the minimum wage got lifted to fifteen dollars? He's like, that's a fucking win. <laughs> yeah, but then as a business owner, I'm yeah. Like, yeah, you also got to pay like that fifteen bucks. I'm already paying. I was already paying that, so I I just realized that, like, it's it ups the bar for everybody. It ups the bar for everybody, and all. It's also you know at a certain point, it's not government's place to be stepping into that. Yeah. Sure. And and no political affiliation here, no. but you got to think about. I know it was like ten years ago, but when we were in high school, if you were making fifteen bucks an hour at a job, that was like fire money. People go to college to make fifteen dollars. Yeah, exa- exactly. Like you were making fat money. Right. So to think that is now like the we were in high school, we were getting paid minimum wage, we were okay with it. That's the new bar. It's my, kind of mind blowing to me. And you well, know, I mean, double is significant. It's basically yeah. almost double, right? Like yeah. that's. And I mean, this this truly really isn't roasting. It might sound so douchey, but. In my opinion, minimum wage jobs are for starting out jobs. They're for the high school kids or the right. kids right out of college or the kids in college or minimum you know, experience. Or, or your grandfather that's retired and you just want to get out of the house. It's yeah. for that. It's also a safety net, right? Yeah. It's also a safeguard mm-hmm. against companies going down go, yeah. going down. Sure. Because I don't know, besides for the restaurant industry, which is heavily subsidized by yeah. tips and that's a whole nother issue. Yeah. But 
I don't know anywhere, even before them making that law, where you could actually find a, this might be my own ignorance, yeah. right? Just because I know what I'm hiring people at. Yeah. Um, we're hiring right now. Hey. Um, MMJ Health. I, I got someone for you. Okay, keep Please. going. Um, I don't know where you could legitimately find a minimum wage job. Like yeah. actually paying minimum wage with nothing else at a full-time 40, 40 hours or even 39 hours. Because there's so many jobs in the market right now. But and even, that, and that's, even before yeah, that, yeah. I don't know where you could actually find that. Maybe, maybe you know, some some small pockets of fast A McDonald's, food. yeah, yeah. I, 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 don't don't, I don't even know that that's I don't even know that's a thing, too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's, like, yeah. I, that's, this is my own ignorance. Yeah, I right. don't know what, yeah. they're, what they were paying two years ago, yeah. but I know they're not paying that now. Yeah. I mean, I knew high school kids that worked at, like, Starbucks and shit were making 12 to 15 an hour right. in, in high school, you know? Even the hostesses that we would hire at the restaurants, which are nine out of ten times zero experience yeah. it's their first job yeah. that they've ever had yeah. the going rate was like 11 12 dollars yeah, an yeah. hour and when i think it's about usually it like cash at the end of the night but too. it's crazy to think about it because i remember though i got my first job at uh win dixie shout out win dixie you're no longer there but i love you um, win dixie doesn't exist no toast um I, all right i found that out the other day i yeah. had no idea what? that's deleted. crazy blockbuster done um but wow I, I started working there. When it was I, a good well, run. I started working there when I was fourteen, and I would make fifty six dollars every two weeks, and that was just I'd get big, what the fuck? Yeah, I'd work five hours a week, literally. I'd work. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank God. It wasn't slave labor. Fifty six dollars. <laughs> I mean, when Dixie was pretty sketchy though. Um, <laughs> and uh, like twenty three dollars yeah, yeah. a week. No, I'd work like twenty eight dollars a week. I'd work the two to five shift and the one to four shift. I would, you know, if I made five dollars in tips a day, I was pumped, right? People tip it when they see. Dude, I was the car boy. I would just walk the car out to your car. Nick the car boy. Yeah, I, and I had regulars. I had people that went there every Sunday. Um, like what you that's, that car? Yeah, boy. there was just one guy. <laughs> there was just one guy who would tip a five dollar bill every time, and we would oh, fight sure for him you, when I'm we. Sure gave we'd see it. We'd see yeah, it. Yeah, right. You know. Tip your fucking, <laughs> fuck you, Publix. Tip your goddamn car boys. They're yeah. not allowed. I, yeah, I, how do you feel about that? I, I I got refused one two days ago. Yeah, because I think it was like the the you know like I and I, I worked at Publix yeah. and like a lot of the guys there would like they would like taking people out of the cars. Yeah. Right. Because it was like, a joyful experience. Yeah, like you could go out and you yeah. also like weren't inside. Yeah. So I always say like, do you want help? Sure. Come on. I always yeah. give like you know usually like three to five yeah. bucks. Um, and like they wear like a name tag now though that says like I no name tag. No, oh yeah, public. It Fuck says them. no yeah. tips. Yeah. Don't so yeah. accept tips. I didn't realize like the the woman who brought me who was bringing me out was like an assistant manager mm. and like that's then like she refused. She had to. So yeah. so put it in a fucking tip bucket or something, yeah. you know? I guess it, it just I seems tip, crazy that they would have a, such a yeah. rule. Like I, 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 and, and like I sound like such a jackass right now because I literally haven't tipped anyone, but it's because. But it's because they show up at Publix and they wear a sticker that also, you know, I'm a young man. I'm, I take my groceries out by myself. I don't have, you know, the person do it. But I'm um, just trying to get Nick the cardboard. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. But I had regulars who knew me by my name and would show up every week. And it was the best feeling. But yeah. anyways, to that point, I worked that from 14 to 15. And then I, I would start asking friends like, Will, where are you working? I was a pizza delivery boy, which made twice the amount of money, worked I the same amount of hours. Where'd you work? Puccini's, worst pizza ever. Oh, uh, Puccini's. Yeah, that's Puccini's. where I sold drugs. Yeah, it was that <laughs> low-key spot. Yeah, um, I lived in Evergreen, yeah. so I'd hop the wall. You know? Yeah, that's the, that's the job. I backed up into a tree in a house. Um, Tight. Delivering pizza was super hyped but I made a little bit more money there it was just the next little thing and I always wanted to just make more money now as an adult it's I want to make more money this year than last year but every little job I was like just give me an extra dollar you know yeah. but it, some people just don't have that I feel like and it's just like they're fine making the bottom but I don't know I feel well, like they probably get off on something different you know some people are like the I, I'd rather spend my money on experiences thing. I don't necessarily care about material items, you know? So experience and, being broke. like you Well, know? right, yeah, definitely. It's hard to travel and do things when yeah. you don't have money. But, like, I guess my point is, like, some people don't care about making the extra dollar. Some yeah. people really enjoy their job, and yeah. they're like, I'd rather love my job every day than work 80 hours a week yeah. and make double the amount and hate what I do. Well, that, so, like, to that point, that's part of the reason why I ended up, like, leaving there. Yeah. Okay. Right? Like, that's why I ended up getting into cannabis, because... I saw something that I knew starting my own company doing this. Um, you know, I was already doing consulting work on the side. Like I knew that. Wait, I wait, wait, wait. What is consulting work? <laughs> oh, with consulting for cannabis? <laughs> Quality control? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like the, the truth was when I first got into cannabis, I did not believe it 
medically. I, really? I, I thought it was just... And when you say yeah. first got into it, like first started smoking or like getting so, into the industry? Into like the industry. Yeah. I've never used cannabis in my life. Shut the fuck what? up. What? Never. You've never, you've never smoked never anything? Never tried it. Never tried Nick it. asked me before you came here, you think Marshall smokes? And I was like, that's a stupid question. <laughs> he literally <laughs> said that. I said that. I've never, I've never even tried marijuana. Holy shit. For the first time on the Little Mentality Podcast. <laughs> you might be the only guest ever. No, no, he's getting stoned. On the <laughs> no, no, no. So, actually, the, the, goal yeah? set for, the goal I've set for myself is the first cannabis I ever use, I want to be my own legally grown. Wow. Sick. Can I be there when we smoke for the first time? It will oh. definitely be an event. Cool. What's uh, the name of that cannabis? Right now, boom, what's the name of it? Which one is it going to be? No, yeah, yeah what is it going to be? You name it. Probably gonna be Girl Scout cookies. Okay, wow, cool, cool. that's a good name. That's a good, that's a good well, that, name. It already exists. Yeah, no, oh, no, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's, it's, it's you gotta be like Thin Mints or like you know, Polynesian. No, Girl Scout cookies is a strain right now. Yeah, right. Oh, he didn't it? make it up. It's already. Yeah. He's saying that's the one he picks for himself. Yeah. If oh you no, no. Had to name, name your own your strain own. though. What would you name yeah. it? Oh, that's mm. that's tough. Um, I've never smoked weed before. <laughs> <laughs> That is so good. <laughs> it can either be like an absolute like axe murderer of a strain, yeah. or just like the the, the weakest no. wimpiest strain. Maybe ever. like they um, call it that because yeah. it fucks you up so bad yeah. that it makes you feel like you've never smoked weed before. I love that. Did we just invent something? Oh, watch next year. They'll be like, I've never smoked yeah, weed before. Strain. Uh, I think the viral part of that whole clip is going to be you not knowing that Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> <laughs> And me, who's never smoked no yeah. yeah, that's fucking crazy. Why well, I, I know is Thin Mints a thing? No, I mean probably. I wouldn't I mean, be surprised. There's, oh. there's 1,200 strains. I mean, yeah. I know an absurd amount yeah. about cannabis. Nothing compared mm-hmm. to some of like my the people I employ as yeah. patient care specialists or the professionals. But I mean, for somebody, uh, you know, I know enough in the industry. But yeah, so like, is there a reason that you don't smoke? It was you know how I kind of set up this goal forever ago, um, and I know that. I know I have a very addictive personality. Yeah. I know that about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I decided that let me set a far off goal of when I want to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, because anything I've ever done, the first six months of it, I am... Obsessed. Ob- obsessed. Mm-hmm. I don't, it, it can be stuff that's not even, you know, substances. Yeah. Right? When I bought my first boat, I bought a 24-foot and loved it. I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Boats are sick. Yeah. And a month later, I was buying a 35-foot. Like mm. immediately jumping to and like that's all I could think about. That's all I'd spend the money on. Yeah. And then six months later, I'm like, all right, I can chill out now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, I'm the know. same way, dude. That's it's, a good point. And so that's when I was like, all right, if I'm gonna be in this industry, um, and also at the time, I really did. Be- I didn't believe the medical, medical benefits. I didn't believe it. Like you know, the, them saying like that we're you know helping cancer patients and that we're you know. S- Stopping epilepsy, epilepsy you know, yeah. treating epilepsy in such such a high in, in the level of efficacy that they're talking about. Right, I didn't believe it. So I was doing consulting work on the business side. Right, I was helping people build out business plans, uh, get financing for it mm-hmm. out in Colorado and Washington at the time while I was still working at the brokerage. Okay, and look, I I loved what I did at the brokerage, but I wasn't helping anybody. Yeah. Right at the end of the day, I made a rich guy much richer, richer yep. you know, cool. Yep. Uh, and I, I did enjoy it, but at the same time, I was, you know, usually about every three months, I'd go out and check on the projects physically that I was working with in California. Yep. And at this time, it was all medicinal for the most part. That's mm. really what it was, what they were doing. And they were, and I'd had a couple friends um, pass from opiate overdoses. Yeah, really. And they were telling me the efficacy that they were having with, you know, people who couldn't get off opiates, Mm -hmm. you know, tried everything, been to rehab, tried it all. And they were, you know, saying like in the first three months, they had had a 40% reduction um, of opiate use. Wow. Wow. Without, mind you, this is without asking the patients. Yeah. Right. So you're talking about somebody who was taking, you know, two, you know, back when they existed, you know, Eight to eighty oxycodons a day, if not more, and all of a sudden cuts that down to you know one and a half mm. in three months without the doctor asking them, mm. just because they started on cannabis because the receptor sites are so close together in your brain mm-hmm. that it helps with what's you know with satiety right mm. so you're satiated it's like if I just ate a huge cheeseburger 
and you walk up with a burrito, I, I'm really not too interested in the burrito. Right. Mm. Right. So that's that's one and that's a layman's explanation. That was really well put. Really well but there's put. there's you know, people are much smarter on this subject than I. Yeah. But that's what the end result we were they were seeing. I I didn't believe him. Yeah. There's no fucking way. Yeah. Right. You're telling me that my friend who, you know, is shoving a fucking needle in his arm, if mm. he had just started smoking pot and seeing a doctor about it, not just smoking weed on the side, seeing right. a doctor about to get him a real plan that he might still be alive. No yeah. way. It's also sort of hard to believe too, because you know, we were in the generation where as kids we're fed that weed was a gateway drug. Yeah. So it was almost supposed to work the opposite way that. where if you start smoking weed, you're gonna end yeah. up taking the believe, oxys yeah. and then you'll end up doing the heroin. Yeah. So it's like now all of a sudden the narrative the completely switched. The complete opposite. Right. Yeah. The the drugs that the doctor gives you are are the gateway drug. Yeah, that's right, exactly. Thing. Like if you're on opiates for any long term, it is guaranteed addiction. Right. Yeah. That's not saying that it's like, a chemical thing. Yeah. It's it's guaranteed to at least have a physical addiction. Mm-hmm. Meaning that you and there are again people who are in the science of addiction and much smarter than I, but you will have a physical dependency. You can't just stop that after you've been yeah. on it long term. Right. So it's guaranteed to happen. Yeah. So and they they knew about all this shit and they didn't tell anybody and they made billions. Of it. Yeah. And people don't understand that the doctor like you'd say, oh, well, why would the doctor give the pill out doctor if it knows it no. kill the doc? No, but sometimes also too the pharmaceutical rep is paying the doctor for pushing the drug. Right. And people don't understand that, you know. Well, it's twofold. They were paying the doctor to push the drug, but also for you know when oxycodone came out, they didn't know the they, effect. The the rep who was paying who was giving the doctor yeah. money on the side, which they're still legally allowed yeah. to do. Was telling the doctor there is no you know there is no dependency on correct this yeah like so they were being lied and that was the you think the rep knows uh, it goes it, originally it went way further up the chain mm-hmm. and yeah. that, that's uh, that's you know. that's why they but nowadays it. I mean everyone knows everyone right? knows yeah, yeah. Very, but it's still, does it still is it still going on you said oxycodone's not a thing anymore no it's eighties like I don't there's nowhere that I know that you can still get an eighty million really? oxycodone wow you know you can get like a ten. And, yeah. it, it, and you have to see the doctor every 30 days to get that. And I guess that's an, an effort to try and yeah. solve the problem, right? Yeah. I was just watching some like Vice documentary this morning on uh, fentanyl and that uh, they were like speaking to a, a fentanyl dealer directly, like the guy on the street mm-hmm. selling 150 bags a day, which first of all, he said he sells 150 $10 fentanyl bags. Is fentanyl a- high or like you're, you're dead? But uh, it's a fine line. It's a fine yeah, line. Yeah. Is it like heroin type shit? It's ex- it's basically identical to heroin, mm-hmm. but apparently like thousands of times stronger or That's something like crazy. that. It's, it's measured in like micrograms. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's tiny. Like four grains of salt worth could kill you, yeah. apparently. Um, but you also build a tolerance to yeah, it. So yeah. there's people that have been doing heroin their whole life, and then all of a sudden they're introduced to fentanyl. Now they're hooked on the fentanyl because it's the dopest heroin you've ever had. And so the, this this dealer was saying, like, people find out about the, the batch that's killing people. Like, in this example where mm. he was talking about it, he's like, the dark green shit right now is killing people. Wow. And that's what every fiend wants. They come up to you looking for the dark green because they think they're that person that can take a half a hit or a quarter hit, and it's going to be the best high they've ever had, and they'll be okay. And they're dead. And then they're dead. I just heard that Texas uh, just passed through a bill and made it a law that if you if someone dies from fentanyl, the person that distributed the fentanyl to them, it's now a homicide charge. I mean, that's not even a huge difference. Like, I yeah, can remember pretty, was always like- in 2013 selling Molly, yeah. knowing that if something went wrong, I, you get a manslaughter charge for each pill that you had. So you have, I, I got pulled over one time with like 150 Molly pills on yeah. me in my backpack. The cop let me go, never searched the backpack, no one ever knew. Not the but, box. Huh? Not, the not tackle, tackle box. box. Not in a tackle box. It was in the Jansport backpack, yeah. though. Um, were you, now, if you, if it was in the tackle box, do you think you were you were you were going to jail? Yeah, maybe more so. Because <laughs> when I did get in trouble in Tallahassee and I had the vacuum sealed bags with the labels and shit, the detective that arrested me was like, "You've been doing this shit for a minute, haven't you?" And I was like, "I don't know what you're talking about." He goes, yeah, if you're, "I've if never you, seen anything yeah. like this." <laughs> <laughs> If you have a tackle box, you are not a casual yeah. user. Yeah. yeah, you've been doing this. I was like, nah. or you need fucking help. Yeah, no, and you got to think this guy probably looked away like, damn, he was a good businessman. No, right. <laughs> yeah. he literally said yeah, me because yeah. I've never seen anything yeah. like this. And I was like, thank you. That's how you know you're a good drug dealer when you get yeah. complimented by a cop. But um, bro, 150 Molly capsules in my yeah, backpack—that's 15 years times 150. Yeah, you're toast. Right. Um, so I mean, that's you know them upping it to a murder yeah. charge is good, I guess, but it's like. Yeah. I don't know that's deterring anybody. 
So when you started realizing all the effects of cannabis and how it could really help people to now where you run your own business down here, give me kind of the step-by-step, you know, Well, what was the turning point? What sold you all of a sudden that it works? When I was going out to California and I meet with the investors and the people who I was helping them start businesses in it um, while still working the brokerage, we'd go to dinner once I was there and like some of their first patients were their friends too. Um, and I, you know, and like one of them specifically was the one that they were originally talking about with the reduction in opiate use. And I was like, and I asked, I was like, is that, is that real? Like, are, are you just, you know, saying that you've reduced, you know, so they'll keep giving you marijuana. Um, he's like, no, like seriously, like, and like, I talked to few more and like, there's no way that all of these people are in on this. Right. Yeah. You know, they can't uh, all be in cahoots. The, the, yeah. yeah. And, and like, and it, it was all around that same amount that they had reduced in about the same time frame. Um, and, you know, with having two people pass from opiates, I was like, this is something important. This is something important. This isn't just people getting high. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Which, nothing wrong with getting high. Sure. Like, we tell our patients, if you want to use this, you know, if this makes you high as a side effect, of you using your medication, that's okay. Mm-hmm. If you want to use this because you used to, you know, drink five glasses of wine to get to sleep at night, mm. and you want to substitute this, like a lot of people don't realize that most of the substances they're doing are usually self-medicating. Correct. Right. Most people who are smoking weed are not smoking it recreationally. Mm. Even if you're buying, just because you're buying it from a drug dealer, right. doesn't mean you're smoking it. It's serving a purpose for you. Yeah, Correct. like if you're smoking alone at your house, in your house, how in the fuck is that recreation? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm so, like, no, if, if, at, if at the end of the day, if you're if you're using it in a similar fashion that you would use a Xanax, and we'd consider you using a Xanax because you're stressed, medicinal. With that medi- medical. Well, you yeah. stay you stay medicated, <laughs> and, that, and that's okay. Yeah, right? because we have we have what's called an endocannabinoid system yeah. in our body, which. Some people, you ever meet someone who's just like perfectly fucking happy and, yeah. you know, nothing bothers them and they're not on anything, mm-hmm. you know, and they're not crazy. <laughs> Rare. <laughs> yeah. Unicorn. I, I know, it's, it's, yeah, it's terrible. You gotta have one flaw. Like, yeah. if you come up to me and you're perfect, I'm like, red flag, you know? <laughs> fucking Brady. Yeah. You know? Like, one of those. Yeah. It was, everything was just perfect about them. They have a perfectly functioning endocannabinoid system, mm. right? It's just like our, our nervous system, but it's a system that we were never taught about. And what's that mean exactly? Is that like the chemicals in your brain are all firing the chilling, way they should yeah, be? It, it's yeah. So it's basically just like you have a nervous system, yeah. right? You have an endocannabinoid system, and you have CB one and CB two. You have receptors all throughout your body, and it's you have ones in your brain, you have ones in your kidneys, in your liver, all over your body that they need cannabis, yeah. right? The cannabis plant has been around mm. human beings for hundreds of thousands of years. And that's why we brought it around with us because we realized that by taking this, we can fix this imbalance. Holy shit, really? Yeah, and like that's that's why it has like such a weird perception because I'm not saying that hitting, you know, gram dabs is what you need to fix this imbalance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm saying in small amounts, that's what you need to actually try find the gravity bong mm-hmm. instead. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's what we need to find homeostasis. It's what we need to find to bring us back to normal because wow. we're deficient. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people are. So even if it's not getting high with it, even if it's a ratioed product that has a little bit of THC and mm. some CBD, right. a lot of people are actually what's called, you know, have an endocannabinoid deficiency. Mm. It'd be, it's no different than if you have a thyroid deficiency, mm-hmm. right? But we've, you know, as a culture and a society, completely separated this one system in our body as a thing that's bad, right. but all of the other systems are okay to fix yeah. if you're deficient on it. Is there like a test you can get at the doctor to know if you're deficient? Not yet. Yeah. You know, we don't, we're not there yet because. Is anyone working on that? That I don't know. That's Probably. a good question. I mean, I, I was going to say, I'd love to we, know. Yeah. I'm almost certain I'm not. <laughs> you are. <laughs> but it would be cool are, for yeah, people yeah, to know. Yeah, yeah. You are positive. Yeah, yeah. This is like, I know, and a cannabinoid. <laughs> His respiratory system has been replaced with two endocannabinoid systems. He's overdosing. We can, probably the reason why there isn't a lot of research being done on, there may be, but not that I know of, is because 
any doctor who's been truly trained in it or any professional who's been trained in it can figure it out without mm. a test. Mm. You know, you can find it out by just talking to the patient. Right. And that's what we do. Okay, that's a good point. So what you It's think, more like a what, psychological what, what, test. What do you like, think about us? What about our endocannabinoids? I mean, I'd have to ask you a lot of other medical medical mm. medical questions, but I'm sure. What, you, does I, the I pen know. in the in between two of us give you any sort of <laughs> my, <laughs> bias? My, my endocannabinoids stay rocking. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, officer. I have to up my endocannabinoids. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, but it, it's a it's a so going back to what made me make that switch. Yeah. I saw how much it was helping people mm. and the fact that I knew the business side already. Mm. And, you know, cause if it was just the business side, I, that's why I'd never made the switch. Cause I could have just been, I would have been trading, you know, one for the other. Yeah, yeah. Something that makes me money for something that makes me less money. Mm. Realistically. Yeah. And once I saw that in the long run, I could be helping people. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people and people that, and to know that it would have helped people that weren't with me then, um, I was willing to make mm-hmm. less money initially for the future, which I knew eventually it would have been on the back end as much yeah. or more than mm-hmm. I, th- than I was making then. Yeah. Um, and that that's when I you know decided all right you know like it's it's time to make it's time to make a switch. Yeah. So are you a doctor?